Hey, everybody. It's good to be hanging out with you again on another yep. wonderful Monday here uh, on the HC Conversations podcast here at Hope Community. So It's a gloomy Monday in Northeast Ohio, but this is what winter in Ohio is like. This is like the next five months, pretty much. Yeah. So every once in a while you get that one day that like the sun yeah. comes out. It's like, what is that? That's awesome. Complete and utter darkness. <laughs> Weeping and gnashing of teeth. So pretty much um, in in scripture, when they talk about hell, they're talking about Northeast Ohio in the wintertime. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hey, we're actually going to talk about hell. We are. Today, but that's not until later. First of all, catching up. How was your week, Paul? Um, it wasn't a bad week. Um, kind of busy with some work stuff. I did a five-hour Zoom marathon on Friday. That's terrible. I had a, a two-and-a-half-hour Zoom in the morning and then another two-and-a-half-hour Zoom in the afternoon. I mean, they, were, they were back to back. Oh. So 9 to 11.30, I got off at 11.30 and started. I left my other meeting early because my other one started at 11.30. That's horrible. It was horrible. I mean, once a Zoom meeting passes like a certain point, are they even productive? Some people believe you so. <laughs> I can tell you're not <laughs> I, one of those no, people. I'm not. <laughs> I like, once they get past, I mean, I feel like an hour is like, I, that's like the cutoff. Yeah. It's like, okay. You, yeah, you got to do I what agree. you got to do. I, actually, I feel, like, I feel that way about pretty much any meeting. <laughs> Yeah, but so yeah, that was my week. How was your week? It was good. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. I don't, I don't think nothing to report. Um, you know, kind of getting ready for Christmas and stuff. Well, we're 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 ready. We're ready for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Highlight of my week. Um, we were talking about this earlier, but I I made my first prime rib on the smoker. Um, I saw one in the store, and I've been wanting to make it, and it turned out great. Mm. I did a nice little herb crust on it. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I smoked a turkey on Saturday. Gobble, gobble. And I've never had a turkey do this. <laughs> the skins. <laughs> so like the turkey s- did a trick. So my my smoker held temperature like it should, and it wasn't done. But yet, like the skin got like all tight and black, like it looked like burnt, but just, just the smoke. Oh, but then the yeah. skin like split completely off the breast. Okay, that's weird. It is weird. I've had it turn black because I've never had before, that, but I've never had it just like open up like it and was birthing the turkey <laughs> i cooked it like till it was done on yeah. the inside temperature and it was a little on the dry side oh. and i've never had that with a brined butter injected smoked turkey maybe it was i mean it still tasted good and had plenty of gravy because i did it in the pan so i had the drippings yeah i gotta get them drippings and then i'm making bone broth as we speak got it in the crock pot right now this just, is the second day just, just keep just, drawing it off adding more just, add some vinegar some more vegetables and just it just makes the best soups, and if you're using you put it to vinegar cook, in it, you yeah, to vinegar? help draw out some of the Interesting. goodness from the bones. From the bones, cool. Well, that's yeah, good to hear. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're watching this on YouTube, where you can leave a comment, tell us what was what was the highlight of your week. Yeah, would love to know. And maybe it's not you know after Thanksgiving, before Christmas, when you're watching this, so the timing's weird. But hey, you just you let us know. All right. Yep. Okay. So let's let's uh, let's jump into our conversation today, um, con- continuing what we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. So just a quick recap: we um, we got a, a message from a listener that was one of those like you know the kind of things you see go around on social media, like a I mean like a big long kind of post um, that's one of those hey a, a, a person in history said this uh, or whatever, and and it gets kind of shared around, and so we've been looking at that. Um, <laughs> we've kind of determined that it probably wasn't said by the person that it was attributed yeah. to. Uh, but nonetheless, we have been looking at the individual pieces of 
this statement, if you will, this short, I don't know, a couple paragraphs of a statement. Um, and comparing that and stacking that up to like Jesus and, and the way of Jesus and how do those things measure up. So if you, if you missed last week's episode, go ahead on back and, and check that out and you'll see the first part of this conversation. But we're going to jump back in today to these words that are attributed to our, our good buddy Baruch as Baruch we, as we've been, De Spinoza. as we've been referring to. Yeah. Good old Baruch. Buddy um, B. But, <laughs> buddy B is back on the podcast but, today. <laughs> our good friend Baruch. So yeah, uh, we're just going to jump in. What we, we were doing last week, we'll do it again this week, is just kind of read through this and take it piece by piece um, and try to engage with it as best we can from a Christian perspective. Um, all right, here's here's where we're at. Let me blow that up a little bit so my eyes can see it better. My eyes. You want to go ahead and read this? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so next section it says, uh, stop reading alleged sacred scriptures that have nothing to do with me. Um, you know, that's, that's supposed to be like God talking. Uh, if you can't read me in a sunrise, in a landscape, in the look of your friends, in your son's eyes, you will find me in no book. Hmm. What do you think about that, Paul? That's interesting. Um, there is some truth in that. Um, you know, we can find God in the beauty of his creation. So we mentioned last week general revelation. So God's attributes that can be seen uh, throughout creation. Um, and then... Yeah, there is some truth that we can find God there, but we can also find him in the scriptures. Um, the entire Bible is a story that leads to Jesus. It's one unified story that leads to Jesus, Jesus being in the very nature of God. Um, so to say that the alleged scriptures have nothing to do with him mm-hmm. um, is a contradiction because the scriptures very plainly are all about Jesus and his right. plan and purposes. Um yeah, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, you know, if you listen last week, we said this multiple times, is it sets up that kind of false dichotomy of, okay, you either find, uh, you, you got to pick one or the other. Do you find God in the scriptures or do you find him um, in nature or, you know, in your child's eyes and, and those kind of things? And that is, that, that, those two aren't at odds. You know, it, it, the answer is, well, you can find him both places. And as you kind of mentioned, you have the general revelation that is seen. You can certainly, there, there's something about um, having children. There's something about looking in nature that that you get a sense of awe and wonder, and there's something else out there. Um, but if that's all you have, you're really left guessing, okay, what is this something else like? You know, how can we really know who this God is or what this God is like? Is this God good or not? And that's why I really like what you just said about, you know, the, the, the scriptures then point us to a someone. Uh, it's not a divine rule book. It's not just some obscure, like, history textbook. That Its its purpose is to show us the character and the nature of Jesus, um, who is the perfect revelation and representation of God. Um, so, actually, there's a beautiful picture when you take both parts, mm-hmm. and you're able to, to have this awe and wonder from creation, or wherever it is that you experience God, and then you also have this background knowledge of, uh, and this God that I'm in awe of right now is Jesus. And right. now, I'm, now I'm even more in awe of him because of, of the love and the character of, of Christ as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I would, I mean, agree to, to, as I already mentioned, there's some truth in that, that we can find God in creation. You know, I just 
as you were talking, just was reminded of uh, when I worked in an entomology lab, so working with insects and identifying. Um, why do you laugh? Because <laughs> it's just funny. You're like you're, you're like like man, God in the bugs. God in the bugs. So you know, my my job was to identify bark beetles and um, weevils. But once in a while, you'd, you'd get some other. <laughs> you're thinking of the psych episode, aren't you? Yes. Got the weevils. <laughs> Um, so you, you would get like these samples and try to identify them. Well, there is this one little beetle that was only a millimeter long, smaller than the bark beetles I was working with. And it was called a feather wing beetle because its wings were literally feathers and they were designed to swim through water. They had like a certain like kind of spiral to them to made to propel itself through water. And it was just incredibly beautiful and just like staring at this tiny thing under the microscope and just the intricate detail and just like wow like god made the, even this little thing so, so like deepen your sense of yeah wow yeah. of wonder at, of the god of creation there's mm. you know debates as to how he created who created when all that we're not going to discuss that today but it's just all very fascinating yeah all right so let's move on so the next part says, stop asking me, will you tell me how to do my job? Stop being so scared of me. I do not judge you or criticize you, nor get angry or bothered. I am pure love. Okay. Some more half-truths there. Yeah, God is love. That's, he is 100% love, and everything that God does is out of that love. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. I, I mean, I, I'll just take it piece by piece. First of all, stop asking me, well, will you tell me how to do my job? I think like, that's actually like, yes, please. Let's stop praying that. And like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do with my life? We want God to get really, really detailed about like, okay, give me like a step-by-step. -step. What job should I have? Where should I move? What car should I drive? And it's like, God's really not concerned with those kind of things. Um, he's much more concerned about who we're becoming than right. what it is that we're doing. Uh, that's a question. Like as pastors, we kind of get asked some form of that question. A lot of times, like what's God's will for my life? Like, well, God's will for your life is for you to follow him. Mm -hmm. Now outside of that, you have freedom to do really whatever. Um, so yeah, stop asking me how to do. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what your job is. Um, if you're asking God, God, how should I do my job? If you're talking about your career or occupation or, you know, if you're a parent or whatever, God's answer to that is, here's how you do it. Do it by faithfully following me in whatever area that looks like. Right. Right. So if you're, um, I don't know, a, a mailman, right? Like follow Jesus in the way that you deliver the mail and the way that you treat people. If you're a parent, a spouse, whatever, follow Jesus in the way that you do those things. So I would agree with that. Um, go ahead. You, you, you took a deep breath. Well, um, I was just reading back through it and it says, I do not judge or criticize you. Um, Don't judge me. <laughs> Don't judge me. Um, we know that uh, from the scriptures that God is judge, that he is lawgiver, that he is the righteous one, that Christians believe that at the end of time, that there will be a day of judgment, also known as the day of the Lord, the day when God will bring justice, ultimate justice on um, you know, the forces of, of evil. And so to say that God doesn't get angry or bothered, goes against the idea that God is pure love. Right. Then they, he's got those things kind of back to back. Right. Because I don't judge you. I don't get angry or bothered. I am pure love. To to not get angry at someone or something isn't very loving. Mm -hmm. um, you gave an example last time that about 
or when not when we were is I think, I think when we were, we're just discussing yeah this, when we first saw this yeah um, about your son go ahead and uh, just explain that as a parent I mean that was like a week ago you think I remember that yeah okay well I think basically I was just saying you know I say my son Braxton like I love him absolutely now if you were to to peer in on Braxton and I's relationship and just go through a date like a whatever day to day or for a couple weeks. And I never got upset or bothered by something he did. And I was just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> like, do you really think that that would be an evidence, like evidence that I love my son? You'd be like, no, you're a terrible parent. <laughs> like from like the smallest things. And from Braxton's perspective, it may not feel very loving when I'm like, Hey, yeah, you have to, you know, you've got to brush your che- your teeth. You, you can't jump off the couch because you're going to smack your face off the end table. Like those kind of things. Um, be, it, it is my love for him that, pushes me to, to correct him on those things. And even more serious things as he gets older to get angry or to get bothered. Um, I want him to be a functioning member of society and to know how to like, Hey, you, you got to be responsible for yourself. You need to care about other people. You need to love other people well. And so if I, if I see that you're not doing that, I mean, one of the biggest things that will get me angry or bothered with Braxton is whenever he is disrespectful or just mean towards his mom. And I'm just like, Hey, that's not okay. And it's my love for him and my love for Christy then that makes me get angry and bothered right. in that situation. So yeah, to, to never, I mean, there's like the old adage, if you know, whether it was a teacher or a coach or whatever, that's hard on you. And people would always say, Hey, when, when they're hard on you, it's because they care about you. It's when they stop correcting you that you got to worry. And right. like, it's like the same thing with God. If he were just be like, no, you just do whatever you want. That's not a very loving thing. Right. All right. So the next one says, stop asking for forgiveness. There's nothing to forgive. If I made you, I filled you with passions, limitations, pleasures, feelings, needs, inconsistencies, and best of all, free will. Why would you blame? Why would I blame you if you respond to something I put in you? How could I punish you for being the way you are? If the one who made, if, if I'm the one who made you, do I think I could, do you think I could create a place to burn all my children who behave badly for the rest of eternally eternity? What kind of God would do that? So there's, there's two parts that we need to talk about (laughs) here. First of all, like at the end, he kind of touches on hell. I think that's a separate thing we'll talk about, but just this idea, stop asking for forgiveness. There's nothing to forgive. And then he goes on and says, you know, I'm the one that made you with all these passions and inconsistent, what is it? Inconsistencies, feelings, needs. Why would I blame you for doing something that I put in you? So essentially that's the, I'm going to pull the card of anything that I do that might be deemed wrong or bad. It's God's fault. Which, which that, but that means though, if anything I do that's wrong or bad is God's fault. Um, and I, I believe in God and I believe in he's good and then nothing that I do is bad. Is bad. So if I have a, a desire to kill somebody. Uh, exactly. It's like, then, well, then apparently that desire came from God and therefore God. I'm justified. I can kill somebody. I can rape somebody. I can do whatever because, well, I've got this desire and those desires came from somewhere and ultimately this person is saying that they came from God. I, I can enslave people. I can mistreat people. I can do, I mean, yeah. I mean, this this gives basis to just any atrocious kind of pe- behavior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily think you even have to be coming from a faith perspective to understand that the statement, stop asking for forgiveness, there's nothing to forgive, is just categorically false. Why is that? 
because our own experiences tells us that people have done things that are horrible, that are wrong, that have hurt us personally. And there are things that need to be forgiven, or at least, you know, maybe you're not, you wouldn't talk about the whole forgiveness aspect, but there are things that people would have to answer for or account for, or admit that that was, that was wrong. Right. Um, actually, this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but it's, it's that, that kind of moral code, um, that kind of philosophical angle, I think is one of the, the best kind of, I don't want to say arguments cause I hate the idea of like being in an argument, but one of the best indicators that there is some sort of definite sense of right and wrong in the universe. That there is a moral law there, giver. There is a moral law giver. Um, cause if not you, you, then you have to just say, well, our morality and what we deem right and wrong is just completely dependent on each society, um, in each culture. And so if someone in a culture agrees that, murdering and eating children like if that's okay then we don't get to say that it's not but instinctively as humans we're kind of like no that's not okay we know that's not okay um and and it kind of gets at this idea of saying well there's nothing to forgive well if there is a culture where somebody murders and eats children then god put that desire in them that's what this argument is saying so i think it's very problematic i agree um let's move on to the second part okay (laughs) Kind of flows um, out of that. Do you think I would create a place to burn all my children who behave badly for the rest of eternity? <laughs> um, Can I say what I want to say? Go ahead. No, <laughs> I don't believe that because that's a very terrible misunderstanding of the hell or the doctrine of hell or the idea of what punishment and judgment looks like. Right, and we we've we've talked about hell before in the podcast, and we've uh, done some sermons on the doctrine of hell. You can go ahead and uh, find those and listen back to those, but. Basically, this is one perspective, a biblical perspective that uh, on hell that there is eternal conscious torment. There's others, uh, Christian universalism, that you know, in the end, God's grace is enough to save everyone. And then there is um, annihilationism, or is it limited mortality uh, or conditional yeah. mortality? Something like that. Yeah, conditional, yeah. Um, which basically says that when you die, if you haven't accepted Christ, then you just cease to exist. Gone. Just gone. Just that gone. God isn't going to um, sustain you, to torture you forever and ever. Uh, there's biblical evidence for each of these perspectives. However, there's not as much uh, evidence for this eternal conscious torment as there are from for some of the other perspectives. This is one that came from the Middle Ages. Yeah, eternal um, conscious torment. That's like the... That's like the popular, like the when I, like the the culturally popular version of right. hell that most people think of, you know, flames and pitchforks and, and little red demons. Yeah, just torturing people forever and ever and ever. Go ahead. No, that's that's what I was gonna. Say. Yeah, it's just like you said, like so much of that comes out of medieval understanding and um, literature and art and like all these pictures, Dante's Inferno, like stuff like that. And there's not that much scriptural evidence for it. Right. There are a few passages, and when I say a few, I mean like. That, that clearly would maybe point to it. There's like three, there's like three big ones. And when they're seen in the right light, it's maybe, it's kind of iffy. Um, so it's honestly, the idea of hell isn't really something that scripture talks about all that often. No, it's very much been, I don't know, kind of concocted in throughout Christian history rather than from scripture itself. Now that's not to say that people don't have to, uh, you know, um, 
account for their actions. And, and that's part of even the, the pushback here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he asked, do you think that I could create a place to burn all, burn all my children who would behave badly? Let me take a couple different parts of that. First is why do we have a problem with that? I mean, no, not, not why do we have a problem with burning children like that? Yes, that's horrible. But the idea of do people have to, um, do they just, can they, can we do whatever we want and get away with it? Right. Not have any consequences yeah. for actions. It, we would have a huge problem with that. I mean, and uh, we, we tend to personalize it. And so we think of like our own personal stuff, but I'm different compared to those other people. Like, of, right. of course, you know, Hitler should be punished or, you know, these terrible people throughout history, but I shouldn't. And so we're not very objective when it comes to that. Right. Because everybody wants God to be just. Yeah. Okay. No matter if you're a faith person or not, everybody wants justice, wants God to be just if they would believe in God. But God wouldn't be just if there was no punishment for wrongdoing. Yeah. And we want the the cutoff line to just for justice to be me. Right. Everybody who's at my level or not or or you know, in our eyes, less bad than me, we're good. Right. Anybody who who goes past my level of badness, like God has to enact justice. Um, and then we were talking about, I think we talked about this some in the last podcast where then everyone's got their own definition of what justice is. And then the world gets really, really messed up. Mm-hmm. So th- that would be one pushback. And then just also, do you think I could create a place that you, there is no passage, no verse, no evidence that hell is something that God created? When, when you read, I mean, the, what sets up the entire biblical narrative is, you know, like the first couple chapters of Genesis, it says that God created the heavens, that's God's space, and the earth, that's human space. doesn't say anything about hell anywhere. That actually in the eyes of the, uh, like the biblical authors, hell is something that is really the creation of people. Like we have unleashed hell right. on earth. And Jesus came to get the hell out of us. Yeah. And so, and, and uh, you know, it's, I think C.S. Lewis that, that talks about like, ultimately that's what hell is. It's, it's, so, it's something that we've created and it's God saying, if that's what you want, you can have it. Right. If you choose not to have it, come with me. But you know, it's the, it's the, it's the, the final and ultimate sense of like free will. You can have what you want. So I think we've exhausted that. Yeah. All right. There's a lot that can be said on it, but yeah. That's a whole podcast. It is a whole podcast. So, um, Maybe so we'll next, respect your peers and don't give... Uh, and don't give what you don't want for yourself. All I ask is that you pay attention in your life. Alertness is your guide. Oh, that's some solid advice. Pay attention. Be alert. Be present in the moment. Respect your peers. Yeah, respect others. It's just funny that <laughs> this is from some guy that doesn't appear to believe in the, you know, like the, the Christian God. Respect your peers and don't give what you don't want for yourself. Right. That's the golden rule. I was going to say, there's there's this guy named Jesus who pretty much said that exactly. <laughs> right, and a lot of other ancient law codes, Code of Hammurabi, uh, yeah. is similar golden rule. Yeah, so it's just kind yeah. of... Um, this is self, yeah, alertness, be self-aware. That's important. <laughs> self-awareness that, is very important. That becomes increasingly more important every day. Yep. All right, so my beloved, uh, this life is not a test, not a step on the way, not a rehearsal, not a prelude to paradise. This life is the only thing here and now, and it is all you need. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> if if this life was all we got, and all we got was COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm, sighs> 
Okay. Again, let's just work through this. Life is not a test. Agreed. Yeah. This is not God like, Ooh, are you going to pass the test? Are you going to fail the test? That's, that's true. Um, it's not a step on the way. Kind of true. Kind of true because heaven is now. If you are following Jesus, right? Eternal life is to know God and him who made him or Jesus and him who sent him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a prelude to paradise. I guess I could kind of agree with that and say it's not a prelude, um, but it is a like a, a distortion. distortion, a distortion, yeah. right? Like it's like a funhouse mirror, you know, it's like it kind of looks like it's supposed to, but it's messed up. So this isn't like a pre paradise state. This is like, you know, God made this place and you can clearly see the beauty in it sometimes, but it's distorted. Right. But just that statement of this life is the only thing here and now. It's all you need. Live it up, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah. Well, which actually, we can talk about that a little bit. That's there's some solid advice in that. Right. Because again, we did we talk about we Ecclesiastes talked about, yeah, last Ecclesiastes. Week? I think we did. Hell at the teacher. Um, but this this is another statement that makes me think this is a much more modern work written by a more modern Western person. The only thing you, you have is here and now. Uh, you want to take that message to somebody that's living in just abject poverty and, and disease and that's ex- experienced like genocide, civil war, third world country conditions. That message doesn't work. Right. And that is for, that is the reality of the majority of the world and that has been the, the, the reality for human beings through the majority of human history. This idea that here and now is really, really good, it's all you've got, it's all you need, is a product of much more modern Western thought. It's opulence, it's wealth, it's extravagance. Yeah. That's what leads to that kind of thinking. Which is also in a culture with that kind of thinking and that opulence and wealth and stuff, where we've been a culture that's grown much more accustomed to say, yeah, we don't need God, God doesn't, whatever. Look, look, look at all we have. Right. It's it's Nebuchadnezzar. Look at what I have Look done. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've built. Versus like we talk about the gospel and the message of Jesus. The reason it thrives in places where it is what heavy persecution and poverty and sickness and and the it, like that's where the, the gospel blows up because the, it is this message of this is temporary. Um, this is not how the world is supposed to be. You're not escaping this world, mm-hmm. but you're going to experience this world someday as it's meant to be. Right. And that's, man, that's what that's what people need for hope. Like that's what gives you hope, because again, if this, this if all you got is here and now, and life is great for you here and now, good for you. But if all you got is here and now, and and life sucks, well, what's the point of continuing on? Right. So. All right, this next uh, paragraph ties into the one before it. I have set you absolutely free. No prizes or punishments, no sins or virtues. No one carries a marker. No one keeps a record. You are absolutely free to create in your life. It's you who creates heaven or hell. Hmm. Okay. There's not much to add there. No, I mean, absolutely. We kind of keep repeating ourselves. Well, that's just because this message keeps repeating itself, just phrasing it slightly differently. Um, Freedom is a big thing, though. I, I I think we we lose sight of freedom for stuff. We all, we automatically think of freedom in, in the negative. Of freedom is being free from something. Uh, but again, the Christian perspective on freedom isn't just you're freed from something. You are from sin and death and shame and all that kind of stuff. But you're free for something. Like mm-hmm. you you now can do what you were created to do, and that's 
really where true freedom is. Freedom's not just you can do whatever the heck you want. Uh, I heard the example given one time of like someone who plays a piano. Someone who can't play the piano just goes up and starts mashing keys. They're free to smash all those keys. Compare that to that's freedom from, but freedom for is someone who is an expert at the piano. It has incredible freedom of how to use it and how to do it, but they're working within like a set of guidelines. I think of like a jazz musician yeah, and improvisation and just like, okay, I know what key we're in. I know the scales. And so I have freedom to move within that and create mm-hmm. this beautiful sound. I'm not following the music. I'm creating my own thing and it's beautiful, but it fits within this bigger context of organization and yeah. structure. And so like, that's the picture of Christian freedom. It's like, which one sounds better? My five-year-old just going up to the piano and going, dong, 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 dong. <laughs> or that jazz musician that's just, yeah creating beauty so all right let's uh let's take a look at this 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 here next section Uh, this is the same thing we just talked about this live as live as if there is nothing beyond this life (laughs) as if this is your only chance to enjoy to love to exist then you will have enjoyed the opportunity i gave you and if there is an afterlife rest assured that i won't ask if you behaved right or wrong i'll ask did you like it did you have fun what did you enjoy the most? What did you learn? I don't think I have nothing new to add there. Yeah, we, we, we pretty much touched on all that. But enjoy life. Yeah, that's something yeah. we get. That's a gift from God. Enjoy life for sure. You just back to this idea of it's not either or. Um, stop believing in me. Believing is assuming, guessing, imagining. I don't want you to believe in me. Believe me. I want you to believe in you. You believe in you. Um, I want you to feel me in you when you kiss your beloved, when you tuck in your little girl, when you caress your dog. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever caressed my dog. Pet. When you when you <laughs> bathe in the sea. Okay, I've never caressed my dog or bathed in the sea. <laughs> I've swam in the ocean. I have too. But never bathed in the sea. Bathed, I, mean, I picture, obviously, there's no clothes and there's a bar of soap <laughs> or something involved. I'm like, yep, never done that in the sea. Uh, anyway, I don't, <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I just threw us off track. Yeah, here. you did. Uh, you know, I, I keep coming back. There's so many half truths in this. Right. Stop believing, assuming, guessing, imagining. There is a false sense of what belief um, and faith is within Christianity. Even right. like you, you'll see this in, in memes and quotes and things. It's like faith is just, well, even when you can't see things, you just, you just believe it. You just, it's blind faith. Right. And I think a lot of critics of Christianity, rightfully so, will say, well, that's all you've got. You're just hoping and trusting. Right. But that's not what the picture of biblical faith is. Or like in the no. New Testament, when Jesus says like, hey, believe, actually he never says like, believe in me. His invitation always come follow me. There's like a tangible element to it that biblical faith is always based on evidence. It's, oh, I've, God, I've seen you be faithful in the past in the present, and so in the future, I'm going to trust that you're going to continue to be faithful because you have been over and over. I'm not hoping that you will be, but I've seen it. Right. And so for Christians, then, our faith isn't based on just blind faith. It's actually based in historical evidence of Jesus who was crucified by the Romans, who died, who was raised, or who was buried, who was raised, who is seen by more than 500 eyewitnesses. Uh, The gospel accounts, our historic eyewitness accounts, Paul says, hey, fact check me. There's more than 500 people who saw Jesus alive. Go find one of them and ask him if I'm correct. 
Um, so our, our faith isn't blind faith. We have historical evidence that is based in a historical event. Yep. Uh, and then the, also in that little section says, I want you to don't believe in me. I want you to believe in you. Uh, that, that again, is some very kind of self-help uh, thinking that's very modern. Now there's truth in that. Like you should believe in yourself, but that doesn't mean that you're not believing um, in in God. I mean, for again, for for a Christian, it would be, I do have confidence, you know, in myself because of who Christ is, though, and who He's made me to be, and what He's doing in my life. And we have this core conviction that we're a follower of Jesus, that His Spirit is living within me. So I believe in myself. Why? Because I'm awesome? No, but because Jesus is. Yeah. So that's kind of one of those half-truths as well. All right. Stop praising me. What kind of egomaniac God do you think I am? I'm bored with being praised. I'm tired of being thanked, feeling grateful. Prove it by taking care of yourself, your health, your relationships, the world. Express your joy. That's the way to praise me. Stop, Stop praising me. What kind of egomaniac God do you think I am? So God doesn't need our praise. He desires it, mm-hmm. but God can exist apart from our praise, existed apart from our praise prior to human beings existing. Um, that God isn't an egomaniac, but he's the only thing in all of the created order that is worthy of all of our praise. Um, and that's why we, we give God praise, because he is the greatest one. Yeah. He is the great high priest, the great king, king of kings. Um, there is some truth to this that, you know, he says, I am bored with being praised. That echoes some of what we see in the Old Testament when it says, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far, far from me. Yeah, it's like, I'm disgusted by your sacrifices. I, I don't want your offerings. I want a heart that is yeah. after me. And I think this part of this is just a bad definition of what praise is. I mean, we, in modern church kind of culture, we think of the music part, right. like worship. Um, and just in like a human kind of praise way, we think of like, oh, you're so awesome. You're so great. You're so amazing. Um, it's not platitudes. Yeah. It, it's that heart posture, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he kind of gets to that. Um, he says, prove it by taking care of yourself, your health, your relationships, the world. <laughs> so at the end, he kind of tacks on, okay, pray, basically praise me um, by the way you live and you know, take care of you, 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 you. And then also at the end of that, you should think about others in the world as well. The The Christian perspective would flip that and say it, it, you know, that the, the, the greatest act of of praise, a life of worship of God is through love for others, primarily, like first, not after I've taken care of myself, if I have anything left in the tank, I'll, you know, maybe think about others, but it's, it's this absolute posture of sacrifice. Yeah. That's how you show your relationship with God is by how you love those that are made in his image, Mm -hmm. by serving them, by loving them. Um, well, to quote this guy, that's the way to praise me. Yeah, and to go back to what you just said about like some of like the Old Testament prophets of saying, you know, I don't want your uh, your your sacrifices. They're they're but but then they flip that and it, they have God saying like, here here's what I want from you to to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God, to mm-hmm. to care for the poor, the orphaner, the orphaner, the orphan, the oppressed, the foreigner. Um, 
Like over and over, that's the picture we see of God. He's like, here's what heartfelt praise of me looks like. Care for the vulnerable. Yeah. All right. Like that, that was what the nation of Israel was criticized for was they were still going to the temple. They were still making all the sacrifices, but like the rich, powerful people were ignoring everybody else. Right. So hmm. interesting. What? That's a topic for another day. <laughs> all right. So to wrap this up, stop complicating things and repeating as a parrot what you've been taught about me. Why do you, why, why do you need more miracles? So many explanations. The only thing for sure is that you are here, that you are alive, that this world is full of wonders. I just want to talk like a parrot. I just want to stop complicating things and repeating as a parrot. I think on like Sunday for, for the sermon, I'm going to preach as a parrot. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. All right. Um, so comp- stop compl- complicating things. Yes. Compli- mm. We complicate uh, the, our lives, the Christian faith all the time. Um, it's, it's, it's not that complex. It's simple, but it's demanding. It's hard. To love God and to love those that he's made in his image. That's, that's like our two greatest commands. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. But it's very, very difficult and very demanding. It's actually easier to complicate things and to make like all these formulas and stuff for faith because the more I can complicate it and just talk about it and just repeat things, the less I actually have to go and do. Right, and the easier it is for me to just kind of get away with not doing anything. Kind of be like, oh man, my faith is so deep. I got like all these verses and all this stuff memorized and I'm just, I'm just having such a good personal time with the Lord. And it's like, well, do you love people well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know a lot, you know, but it, yeah, yeah, it's not complicated. Just really, really hard because the core of it every day is what Jesus said to pick up your cross, follow me, come die to yourself, follow me, put other people first. You're like, oh, and I don't want to. Yeah. That's so hard. Yeah. Why do you need more miracles? So many explanations. We really don't. That's actually truth too. Um, a lot, a lot of, I mean, this is, I kind of, this is like critiquing our own camp of people who are followers of Jesus that are just like, oh, God, show us a sign and we want to see you do something. We want to see you work. And it's like, well, I mean, how much, how much more do you need to see? Right. <laughs> he has. He has. All right. I think that's about all we got. I think so. I think we've, we've, we've run through yeah. this. That's, that's the end of the. That uh, is the end. That's the end. This is the podcast that never ends. It goes on and on, my friends. So that uh, concludes our discussion of old Buddy B. Oh, I'm going to miss Buddy, Buddy B on the yeah. on the podcast. Maybe we'll have to have him back later on. Maybe in the future we can actually find some stuff that Baruch actually said hmm. and discuss that. Yeah. If we can make it make sense since it's from like the 16th, 1600s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was the 17th century. Yeah. yeah. So All right. Maybe we'll hear from Buddy B again. Maybe we will. So if you have any questions, go ahead and contact us. Leave a comment. You can email us at info at hopecommunityonline.org. We'd love to answer your questions, respond to them on the podcast. Um, Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to like, to share, to hit that bell to make sure that you never miss a thing. Um, And next week, week we'll be back here. And uh, looking forward to an upcoming Christmas episode. So we're excited about that. So... Have a great week, everybody. See ya.